Good to be with you tonight. For those who haven't met, my name is Cade, uh, one of the leaders here at Divergent Church. Uh, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, really looking forward to speaking this message. Um, and so we're continuing our Relationship Goals series. And so hopefully you've enjoyed it. I know it's been a little bit of a variety. We've had a video, we've had uh, a panel. Um, I'm going to do a message, which is a little bit different for this series. It's the, actually the odd one out. Everyone else has done something uh, different. And so... I just, I just want to, is anyone out here, I don't know if you're going to put your hand up for this, but anyone here love The Bachelorette? Come on, be honest. Yeah, or Bachelor. Yeah, Married at First Sight. We got any Married at First Sight people? Papa, come on, man. You, nah, nah. You know what I just love? Farmer wants a wife. Now, I've, I, I did a season of Bachelorette and a season of uh, Married at First Sight. Can I tell you, I wish I got that time back. Uh, my wife and we watch it. And we've we've only watched one season and we never watch it again. But uh, it's interesting. All these you know relationship uh, you know TV series we have at the moment, reality shows, and it's amazing how many there are. You could keep going on. There's more that I probably you know I definitely haven't mentioned, and how that kind of shapes our culture and our lens. And you know, I, and I think that you know you hear this often, and I think for some of you in the room. Um, you, you probably hear this from your, your parents or your grandparents. It's like, when are you going to get married? Come on, when are you going to have grandchildren? I want a grandchild. And so you feel this pressure, and I'm, I, that's from your parents and your, your grandparents, and you feel this pressure from the, the worldly culture. And, you know, especially for those who are in this room that are 25 and up, you're probably feeling that pressure more than anyone else. Probably. That's, that's our culture. Like, if you're getting in that cult, it's like, come on, man, what's going on? It's like, it's nearly so, it's like something wrong with you. Like, why aren't you getting married? And what I think, though, is there's an issue under this, underrides these things. And, you know, that, that you know, in this, 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 there's this goal in our culture to get married and have kids. And I want to ask this question, is that a biblical idea? Should that be a goal of everyone? And so I want to talk today, which is going to be unusual to talk about this in a relationship series, I want to talk about singleness. And so the, the, the title of my message is Single, Not Alone. Single, Not Alone. Now, for, for those that know who I am, you're probably wondering, why are you speaking about this, singleness? I'm coming up to 10 years marriage this year. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. And I was married when I was 21, so I would, you know, I, I, sh- I don't have any idea what singleness is. But what I've been, you know, lucky enough that I've been able to walk with those that are single, have chosen to be single, you know, or being in a season of singleness. And, and I've been able to hear their hearts walking with them, uh, been able to hear the, the heartache at times, And so I'm so thankful uh, that I've been able to do that because it's really helped me and shape, because I grew up in that culture of idolization of marriage. You know, I grew up in the country. My mum was one of those people that's like, when are you going to have kids? You know, when are you going to get married? And so I've grown up and I've I've really had to change my view and understand what, what does the Bible say about this? And so, you know, I want to talk into tonight about uh, this singleness, 
And, you know, I think for some of us, there are going to be different types of singleness. And so there is a singleness that some will choose. They will choose to be single, you know, and, and that's, that's their call. And, and that is, is an amazing call. And so what does that look like? That means that they're not going to get married. They're going to decide to choose to follow Christ with everything they have, and, and I, I have some amazing friends that have chosen this direction. And I can't, can I tell you, I just admire them. You know, I admire what they do and, and what they do for the kingdom. And then there are some that are, that are single, that they're in this season of singleness, that they're waiting. They're waiting for that, that loved one. They're waiting for that perfect person to come into their life. And then there's also the singleness of those that come out of a marriage. So they've either been widowed or divorced, and so they've had this season of singleness. So they've maybe they've come from a broken relationship, or they've lost a loved one that they've spent many years with. And so there is a variety, and I'm hopeful I can do my best to speak into all those because I know that there will be varying uh, people in this in this church uh, with those. And so I want to I want to do my best to do that and speak on behalf of those as well. You know, I've heard their you know, I've heard the things that they've gone through, why they've made that choice, um, why they've chosen singleness. And, you know, I, I just want to let you know that some of the greatest examples in the Bible, people that did amazing things for the kingdom, were single. Jesus is a great example. He was single. John the Baptist was single. You know, and Anna, a prophetess, she, she lost her husband and, and, and chose to live nearly a majority of life being single. And, so, and there are many more examples. And, you know, I, I want to encourage you that there are many blessings that come with singleness. I think we forget that. There are many blessings. And, and I, 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 I do believe that, um, you know, marriage is a call. And singleness is a call. It's a call of God. And 1 Corinthians 7 verse 17 says, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. You know, I think there's this idea that in the beginning, God created marriage. Marriage wasn't first. What was first? Communion with God. That's what comes first. And can I tell you, you are not defined by your marriage. You are not defined by your singleness. You are defined with your union with Jesus Christ. And so I I wonder, and here's a stat for you, one in three marriages end in divorce in Australia. That's a pretty high, one in three. I wonder if these, these uh, broken relationships, the reason for them is maybe because we don't do singleness well. Maybe we don't have a great relationship with our father. And so, and what I mean is often you see in the world when uh, people, you know, don't have a great earthly relationship with their parents... They often go and find it in a boyfriend and girlfriend to fill that void that they may 
And I think as Christians, we often do that as well. We, we don't have a great relationship with our, earth, our Heavenly Father, and so we rush in to relationships, and they can be Christian relationships because we're looking for something to fill that void. Can I tell you, being married, I had that thought. I thought that, God, that my marriage, when I got married, that was going to fix a lot of my issues, how wrong I was. Can I tell you, God is the only one that can fix those things. And so I went through, I had this idea that my lust and these things would, you know, when I get married, that they would fix it. Can I tell you, I had lust issues, even when I got married. Why? Because that's something that God's got to fix. That's something that God's got to deal with in our hearts and our minds. If anything, marriage, my wife just points out my faults that I need to take to God. (laughs) And so it's not her that's fixing them. She's just pointing me to God. The thing is, you don't need a marriage to do that. That's what we have the church for. That's what we have each other for. And so I, I want to encourage you that if you think marriage is going to fix your issues, it's not. And, and I just want to encourage you that for those that are desperate, when we're desperate, we do things that we shouldn't do. We start to compromise. We start to tell ourselves that it doesn't matter if they're not a Christian. It doesn't matter if they're not strong in their faith. Even though Scripture is quite clear about not going into that place, you know, we see that with Paul. He says not to be with someone unequally yoked. And you know, we ignore that because we're trying to fill this hole in our, in our hearts. We're trying to fill this in our minds. And we think that that person is going to fix that hole. And so we get desperate. But can I tell you, God is the only one that's going to fix that hole. Relationships should draw us closer to Christ, not closer to sin. Don't compromise to keep anyone. God is more important. And so, for some of us, we are called to marriage. Okay, I love being married. I really do. But for some of us, we are not called to marriage. And for some of us, we are called to walk through seasons of singleness with marriage in the future. And I guess the question is, how can we, for those that are single, how can we do singleness well when God calls us into that? And so I want to turn to Scripture, and I think Paul helps us in this. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians 7, 8 to 9. If you have your Bibles, if not, lucky you, I have it on the screen. So I'm going to read 8 to 9, and then we're going to skip ahead to verse 32. So he says, this is Paul speaking, To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single, as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Verse 32, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. And his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. 
I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Now, Paul, he says, it is good for them to remain single. Now, he's not saying that, you know, singleness is better than marriage. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that the opportunities for being single can be greater than marriage. And what I mean by the opportunities, the opportunities to have an undivided attention to God, a relationship with God. And so I guess the question is, how can we maximize our singleness to have this relationship with God, with our Father, have this communion that it is so great that we don't need someone else to fill that void? How can we maximize that? And I think there's two things that I've, I've picked out of this. And Paul says, secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. You know, I hear often in the church, many Christians say this, I don't have enough time. <laughs> you know, I'm just so busy. I've got this work, I've got this study, you know, and even to the point, I don't have time for the church. I don't have time for God. You know, I think, I don't think it's a time issue. I think it's a priority issue. And can I encourage you? Try having a two-year-old that wakes you up six in the morning every morning. I have one child. Imagine those that have three children. Or my brother, he's got six he says he hasn't slept for 12 years. Partly I think that's his fault because he lets the kids in the bed. But for those that are single, you have so much opportunity and undivided devotion to God. So what are you doing with your time? You know, I think it goes back to what uh, Peter Starkey is talking about. We spend so much time on the doing the destiny, when we have this opportunity to spend time with God and find our identity. And can I tell you, if we don't get that right, our identity with God, our relationships that we go into, we're going to bring that baggage with us. And here's a prime opportunity while you are single to, to work that out to find who you are in God. Because sometimes what happens when you go into that relationship, that person can now be the person you're dependent on, not God. And so I want to encourage you, and it's not so much time that I'm saying, giving time to God. God wants your attention, not time. He wants your attention. How are you giving your attention to Him? How are you making him a priority in your life? Because I can tell you, singleness life, you have a great opportunity. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. For me, I have responsibilities. And I have seen those that have chosen to, to, to the single life, man, they've used that opportunity. To the point, can I be honest? I'm nearly jealous of their relationship with God. I know that sounds strange because a lot of you are probably looking at me and going, well, you're married, you've got kids. 
Man, we should be jealous of those that have that amazing relationship with the Father. Man, have you seen those people? Like, they're just so on fire for God. They know their identity. They know who they are. And they just have this amazing relationship with the Father. And I've just, I've walked with those that have chosen that single life. And man, can I tell you, they have an amazing walk with God. You know, one of my friends, uh, she talks about hearing God's voice. You know, she's, she's, she's doing a ministry where she goes in and helps people hear, because she has this opportunity to spend time with God and be able to know God's voice so clearly. We, we, we have another, another friend that's in the Middle East, and she's openly said that she could not do what she's doing if she was married. She couldn't take her kids into the place that she goes into. And this is the stuff that God has, you know, been able to do for this person that, you know, is, is you know, choosing this single life. And I just believe that they're going to be so blessed. They are blessed. And I, I've, I just believe their rewards are going to be so full in heaven. And so Paul is saying this, that singleness is a great opportunity. Don't waste it. Don't waste that time that you guys have and, and, and wasting that time and wishing you had this and wishing you had that. And This is a great opportunity to strengthen our relationship with God. Number two, Paul says it's for your own benefit that you go through this. It's for your own benefit. So what does he mean? Really? Is it really a benefit, singleness? And then he says it's not a restraint, but to promote good order. So this opportunity, and we talked about not having undivided attention, like it allows us to set up good order with our relationship with Father. It's, it's able to give us time. And what he's saying also is that it's your own benefit that we can be, that you are content. It allows you to be content. That's why it's a great opportunity. Because I, I truly believe that a time of uh, singleness often shows where our contentment is. It shows where we get fulfilled. And it might take time to, to work that out. For those that rush into relationships, they may never find their full contentment in God because they find it in the other person. And so sometimes going through that singleness or you choose that single life, can I tell you, that's where you can find your contentment in God. Whereas sometimes for me, I find my contentment in my wife, which is not always healthy because she lets me down. And I let her down. I'm not the perfect one. And so I, I want to ask the question, are you content in God? Whether you're single or married, are you content with God? Now, I also just want to say, to desire marriage is not a sin. I'm not getting up here and saying that marriage is a bad thing. You know, God has, has called us to populate the earth, and that's through marriage. And so marriage is also, but I want to, I want to encourage you not to covet, okay? So yes, there's one thing to desire, but God says that covet is a sin. And so let's, not be, let's be careful for those that are walking in, in this singleness, if you choose singleness or you're in this season of singleness, I want to encourage you not to resent, not to resent the season God has you in. 
or this, 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 the walk you've chosen, as difficult that may be. And so, and, and Paul talks about this. And I think Paul's a great example. You know, when you hear what he says, and he has got full contentment in Christ. He's that great example of that. And he says in Philippians 4 verse 11, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. 1 Timothy 6 verse 6, he says, But godliness will with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. Godly contentment is being whole in Christ. And can I tell you, for those that are waiting in, and in that single season, man, can I tell you, there, there are some guys and girls that would love to be with those that have been content in God. So if you are single here today uh, and, you, and you desire to be with someone, and you, you might find it difficult, okay? You might, you might be struggling with this. And like I said, I've walked with those that have found this difficult, they've, this path. And, you know, I've heard some great stories of people that have, you know, found someone even though they were late in their age. And I've also heard of stories where they haven't. They didn't get that opportunity and I know that the heartache for some that's gone through. And I, I want us to look at your life and look what you... Don't look at it as a, as a thing that's second rate to others. I know this might be hard, but do you see it as a blessing? Do you see it as an opportunity? You know, and I know, I know culture is going to make you feel less of a man or less of a woman because you are single. Can I tell you, God does not think that way. You are not less in the kingdom of God. You are not second rate. God loves you. And Jesus understands you. Jesus knows. He feels. He lived. He grew up in a culture where marriage was a high priority. Jesus walked in the flesh. He knows those feelings. And I think that's amazing that we can connect with Christ. You know, and I love that Christ, you know, through Christ, we get the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. He's our comforter. And He doesn't, God doesn't say you by yourself. That's why we may be single, but we're not alone. You know, you, you, you can be lonely in a marriage. But with God, we are not alone. We have communion with Him. He gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit talks to us, comforts us, walks with us, loves us. It's only us that separates ourselves from God. God has always been there. He cares for you. He wants to walk with you. He hears your heart. Don't be afraid to share your heart with God. God knows your heart. He knows what you go through. The Holy Spirit isn't someone you just kind of go, yeah, everyone's great. He knows you. He knows what you're going through. We see that in Psalms and the lament. Share your heart. Share your struggles. And allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you and comfort you and love you and guide you. You know, as I wrap up, 
I want to encourage us as a church uh, to, for those that are single in, in this church, I want to encourage us as a church to be, get around those that are single. You know, I think that's what the church is for. So, you know, you're single, not alone. So God will not, but God also gives the church. He gives us community, he gives us family. And so we don't, this is the relationship you can have. You know, the, and I've got great stories of those that they've said that the church is just amazing for them. You know, they've got friends that will ring them every week, invite them over for dinner. You know, and they can go to dinner every week. They're part of the home. I want to ask you, when you, you know, for those that are couples, do you invite these people that are single into your home? And those that are single within the church, do you take that invitation? Because I think sometimes through resentment or I don't want to see that, I want to encourage you to push past that resentment and go, you know what? I want to, I want to do life for these people because we're called to be family. We're called to be family as a church. And I want to break, the church needs to break down this Western individualism, this idea that we do life alone and we keep to ourselves can I tell you, that is not a biblical idea. We as a church are supposed to do life together. We're supposed to walk with each other. We're supposed to be there when someone is sad, but be there when someone is joyful. We celebrate with each other. We care for each other. And for, for those that are single within our church, you know, I have a great example. Um, again, I've, you know, talked to people about this message. And one of our um, ladies in the church, Diane, uh, she was single for, for many, many years. She is married now, but she decided because of the time she had in her singleness, she decided to serve in the church. She decided to serve kids' ministry because she knew of the families that didn't, you know, struggle to be there on time or have that time. So she went out of her way and she would serve twice every Sunday, morning and night. And I just think that's a great example of how we, if you're a single person, that you can actually get involved and serve people. Is there people within the community that you could serve? Because sometimes, you know, when you have a family, you, you might not have that time to do that. You know, I have responsibilities, but you have an opportunity on, on nights that you don't have responsibilities and you can go and serve someone. I think that's what God wants us to do with our singleness. He wants to be able to serve others within the community. And so I think this is where we've got to work together. Church, you know, as, as families, marriages, singleness, we need to be able to serve one another, love each other, and be the church. I'm going to pray, uh, but I, I want to give this opportunity to actually break into groups and chat about this. I think I may not do this full justice. You know, I'm... I'm I'm speaking, I guess, on behalf of others that I've sat down with and walked with, but I know there are some in this community that have chosen the single life. And can I say, that is amazing. If you've chosen to take that call, can I just say, I, I just admire that. I admire that you decided to do that. Um, and maybe there's an opportunity for you to share. And maybe you're going through the season of waiting. Share. You know, and, and share those things with the group within here. Because then we can, we can help each other, we can walk with each other, we can pray for each other. And I, I just think this is a great opportunity because there are going to be some in this church that will be able to speak from their hearts.
that I can't. And that's what the church is for. So I just encourage you. So let's just finish in prayer and then we'll break into groups. Heavenly Father, I just pray as a church that we can do singleness well. Father, our ultimate goal is not marriage. Father, our ultimate goal is to be in union with you. And I pray, Father, that whatever is stopping us, whatever priorities, Father, I just pray that you have our full attention, that we devote to you. And so I just pray, Father, that for those that may feel lonely right now, Lord, I just pray that you fill them with your spirit. Show them that they're not alone. Father, I just pray that, uh, yeah, as a church, we get around each other, that people feel supported. And I just pray that we live out this call that you have given us. You live out what the church, you've called us as a church to be, and that is to be family. No matter what background, no matter what nationality, but we are one in you. In your name, amen.